In heaven, everything is fine. In heaven, everything is fine. In heaven, everything is fine. You've got your good thing, and I've got I have. How do we do this podcast? I, I know I always ask this, but do we do a cold open or do we go straight into it? I can't remember. We have not done a cold open so far, but nothing's stopping us from doing it. Nothing's okay. off the table. Nothing's no. off the table. <laughs> I think we've had like really short cold opens every yeah. once in a while when. Uh, That's the way to live, you know? Maybe we'll <laughs> tell. Maybe we'll have a more conventional podcast format. That's different from our usual weird surreal uh-huh. style, but with ah, oh, that with, would be cool. But with unmistakable creative touches, so you know yeah. it's still it's still us. That sounds like a really good idea. Damn. Yeah, I think what we should do with this with this episode is that we have to record this one entirely in chronological order, unlike what we yeah. usually do. The realism, yeah. Um, the listeners will hear like our beards grow out uh, throughout the the movie. You'll see like the uh, seasons changing. Mm. Yeah, they'll be like, "You don't want to go down that hill," uh, and you'll be like, "No, I think There's I do want to go down of... that hill." I'm actually um, recording this one on the road. Like usually, I'm recording at my desk, but this time I um, brought my microphone outside so I can like drive past like a lot of american classic all american landscapes mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay um <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome welcome to linchpin a podcast where we watch and talk about the works of david lynch actually in chronological order just like the film mm. that we watched today the straight story um a 1999 movie uh Directed by David Lynch, based on a true story of a guy called Alvin Strait. Um, written and produced by uh, Mary Sweeney, again. Um, this was the first one she's before. written. Um, Mary Sweeney, longtime editor, producer, and David Lynch's wife of one single month. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a single month? Yeah, just one month. They had a kid, but then they got married and then they immediately divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, starring a guy, uh, Richard Farnsworth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was actually dying during the filming of this. Um, yeah, weird. I, I just realized this after this movie. Uh, I'm Janusz, by the way. Oh, yeah, I'm Chaz. Oh, yeah, sorry. Hi, I'm <laughs> Chaz. And Wisconsin, <laughs> isn't that kind of a party state? <laughs> oh, my God. It is kind of a party state. <laughs> isn't it the cheese state also? Yeah, they make a lot of cheese. Nice. My family is from Wisconsin. Awesome. Ah, it's a potty state. <laughs> uh, I'm Jan, and I, I hit deer every day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I'm host Alec. Uh, that's a darn good podcast, Alvin. In, in <laughs> reference to the grabber scene, that's all I could come up with. I was really struggling to find a, a sort of little quip from this one. 
I don't. I don't think I have anything. I'm. I already said my name, so I just you know pretend you didn't even notice that I didn't have anything. <laughs> uh, well, you, you pointed it out. Now, so. Happy Pride. Uh, we're talking about the straight story. <laughs> Perfect. Really good. Serendipity. <laughs> Yeah, interesting movie, this one. Great um, story. Has Have any of you looked into like the context of this or like the story of him making this? Um, I heard that he said it was his most experimental movie, which I think is incredibly <laughs> funny. Uh, yeah. It's like, it's like the Joker thing, right? Like Yeah, to the Joker, this is a normal <laughs> movie. To, to, the, yeah. <laughs> to the Joker, this is called the insane story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, this is like, I'm going to make this really conventional story about a guy on a on a lawnmower who's just like having a family friendly journey across America and it's fine. And there's going to be no mystery. There's going to be no, yeah, yeah. And it's going to be the first movie that Roger Ebert gives a positive review for. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, of course, of course. (laughs) And he's not wrong. It's a good movie, but yeah, but like, because the story for this is that, uh, this this guy Evan Strait, he did this thing that the movie is about. He went with a lawnmower, like this this exact, um, this exact route to mm. meet his brother in Wisconsin who was dying. His real brother wasn't named Lyle. His real brother was named Henry. I don't know why they changed that. Not American um, enough. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and it was like kind of, I don't I don't think it was like huge in the news, but it was in the news. Mm. Uh, and Mary Sweeney, who was David Lynch's girlfriend at the time, was obsessed with this story. Like, she was, like, talking to him all the time about it. Uh, <laughs> she really wanted to make a movie or, or write a screenplay about this, right? And then mm. then they somehow, like, got the rights to uh, to adapt his life story. Uh, Evan, like, reluctantly agreed to it. Um, he didn't really love the media attention. Uh, and then, like, Mary Sweeney and her childhood friend who co-wrote the screenplay they like traveled down this route interviewed a ton of people uh talked to elvin talked to his brother i think if he was still alive at that point um mm-hmm. yeah basically just like collected all these stories um and then they wrote the screenplay and david lynch said that he fell in love with the screenplay he said it was one of only four screenplays he loved okay <laughs> <laughs> And then he listed the other three, and I haven't heard of any of them. Uh, but yeah, he he said he he loved the screenplay immediately, and he said, "I want to direct this." Crazy. I think she was surprised, right? Like she was like, "Very weird choice for him to want to direct this." <laughs> like it's it's not really like any of his stories. I guess the one it's most similar to, if only in like the storytelling, would be like. I guess Elephant Man, but not really. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, not not even that. Even, yeah, in that just it's a sort of conventional linear mm. narrative, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but he kind of like all the interviews from that time uh, were like people asking about how oh this isn't re- this isn't really a David Lynch movie or is it? And then he was like, well, of course it's a David I Lynch mean, movie because I directed it. it. <laughs> <laughs> But like he, he was he was a little bit fed up about how all people were asking him was about like how come he made a conventional movie. Mm. You probably you get pissed off. I mean, there's this thing about like Lynchian aesthetics, and there is stuff that is Lynchian, but there's also such a wide range of stuff that he's done that it feels like 
people's perception of it is kind of more narrow than his actual filmmaking, you know? I think mm. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think he was, like, thinking about this. Like, I don't no. think when David Lynch <laughs> sits down to make the straight story that he thinks about crazy. whether it's a David Lynch movie or not. <laughs> yeah. I do think um, the bit with the deer lady was very David Lynch, though. I mean, obviously it's all very David Lynch, but that felt like, you know, he loves the that deer sort lady of dialogue. Is... <laughs> That's apparently, like, actual. I know, actually but it's so good. Her acting is so amazing. It is. But that's apparently something that Evan Strait actually encountered, like a, a lady who said that. <laughs> I, I really like that scene. I thought it was really interesting that that was like, the, at least to my memory, the only point in the film where anybody gets like heated. No one gets agitated the whole mm. film, really, except for that woman. And it's out of like love for an animal, which I think says something about the sort of the quality of the rest of the movie, the, the, yeah. the sort of tone of the rest of the movie. It's a fantastic, like comic relief moment but also yeah it's got that david lynch dark comedy of like mm. dark but also really uh, realistic in a sort of surreal way mm. yeah um that like yeah some people <laughs> just have that sort of weird bad luck streak where did I don't they know. come from yeah. <laughs> yeah no i agree it's fantastic um I will just say that obviously there is one other scene where someone's agitated, which is at the beginning when he's like on the floor and his daughter's like trying to, yeah. she's like, what's the number oh, for Oh, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, let's like go, try to go through this movie, I guess. Okay. Uh, There's a guy. His name is Alvin Strait. He lives in Iowa. Um, Mary Sweeney, I think, is from Iowa. I think she was like, this is sort of very much about sort of her roots. She did another film later, which um, she did with someone else. I think she, no, maybe she directed it. That's also that's set in a very similar town um, and has a very similar look to it, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, it's about this guy, Alvin Strait. He live. He's like in a bad health of his of his um, later years. He has a lot of problems. Um, he doesn't drink, but he does smoke a lot. And he sort of has to use two canes to get around. He collapses. Um, and then later on, he finds out that his brother has had a stroke and it's like his estranged brother. So he decides to go see him, but he can't drive because he's also nearly blind. So he gets on a lawnmower with like a little truck behind it. Um, one of the lawnmowers you ride. And he decides to ride that across the state line to go see his brother. Um, like a long way. It was like 300 miles or something. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. I, lo- I looked it up on Google Maps. It's a pretty, pretty long way. Yeah, it does take him a long time. Um, mm. uh, he lives with his, um, with his daughter. Although we we learn later that he has six other kids, which I'm like, where are they? You know, <laughs> <laughs> why can't they take him? Um, obviously, he won't want them to. Probably, I guess. Um, his first lawnmower breaks, but he gets a second, better lawnmower. And then um, he continues his journey, and along the way he meets various people, um, like a, a runaway girl who's pregnant, who he teaches about the meaning of family. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a great bit with some cyclists, a bunch of cyclists driving past, and he like talks to the cyclists and you know sits down. He he breaks the lawnmower at one point going down a hill that's very very big, and sort of gets to know a guy in the town as well as some other people and one of them is also a world war ii veteran like him and they sort of talk about the war and how that's had a lasting impact on them incredible scene yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah very good 
Uh, he manages to get the. He refuses to let the guy drive him the rest of the way, even though it'd be about like a day trip. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and instead, uh, gets the lawnmower fixed. He bamboozles the twin repair guys into getting like half of the money taken off the bill for the lawnmower repair. He counter bamboozles um, them into yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying him to bamboozle him, but he like yeah, he gets them. He knows. He knows what a lawnmower is worth. <laughs> um, and he he rides the west of the way to his to see his brother. Um, it's his lawnmower sort of gives out at the like the last minute, but he you know he gets some help, and then he manages to find his brother, who's played by Harry Dean Stanton, and they reconcile. Probably they sort of sit together, and he's like, "Oh, you rode that all the way to see me," and then it's a sort of sad scene, and then the film ends. I was it very happy that this. it ended there. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was perfect. Good. It's I think it's got to be like one of my favorite film endings. Like it was so I, I I don't know I was kind of in an emotional state I guess when I watched the entire thing because there were like several bits where I got teary eyed, but that mm. ending just fucking destroyed me. Like hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. It's been a very very long time since I've wept at a film, but this this has easily gotten me the closest of yeah. like anything. Yeah, it was very emotional. Um. Oh, there's also a subplot about his. It's not even a subplot. It's just mentioned that his um his daughter Rose, who he lives with, one of her kids got injured in a fire, and because she has like learning difficulties, they decided she was unfit to be a parent, and they took her kids away. And so she's very sad, which is very sad. I think a you know this is my opinion. Well, the villain in this movie is America. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the state. And also, like, you know, yeah, sent them to war and that took her kids and yeah, yeah. doesn't care. Yeah. The American war machine, the capitalist system, and the yeah, the child protective service or whatever. The healthcare yeah, yeah, system. Yeah, yeah the yeah, healthcare yeah. system, that's yeah. the other one, yeah. Yeah. The only obstacles that ever seem to get in his way. I mean, other than his old age. Yeah. That scene at yeah, the very really... beginning where he's at the doctor's oh, the office book. and like <laughs> um and he like refuses to jump through all the hoops, put on the robe or whatever. And then yeah. the doctor says, you've got like 10 things wrong with you. You've got to stop smoking, change your diet, do all these things. Um, and then it immediately cuts to him lighting a cigar. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that sets the tone of his character very nicely of like, kind of got nothing to lose, but also yeah. every, everything to gain, you know, by... Mm. Yeah, completing this pilgrimage. Yeah, there's some great moments like um, at the point where, like, because because his his lawnmower like breaks down several times, right? Like the first time, uh, just like basically immediately mm. uh, on the first day. Yeah. Then he gets a new mower, from, new lawnmower from Big Ed. From um, Big Ed, <laughs> yeah. And that one makes it a lot longer, but that also like breaks down at one point. And then the guy from from the town town who helps him uh, getting that fixed offers him that look. I can just drive you the rest of the way. It's like nice day's trip. Uh, his wife kind of like made him ask or offer him that. Uh, but Elvin like de- declines because because he knows like this this lawnmower journey is like his one final quest in his life i guess that he has to uh he has to pull through like he can't give up at this point he can't let himself be driven by anyone else i thought like that really summed it up perfectly like what his entire journey is about or that it's not it's not not just about getting to his brother right Mm. 
Well, he it, says, yeah, yeah. He, says, he says that when he was younger, he used to like go on adventures and travel all the time. And it's like, I, I guess it's sort of implied that he has, you know, he hasn't really been able to do that because of his health issues. And this is, yeah, again, this is his final, his final quest, really, to like, you know, prove himself, <laughs> I guess, to himself. He's or, like, expressing his agency. Yeah, yeah, his yeah. yeah, yeah. From, you know, society, etc. Um, it's great, though. I love, I love his like weird little. Uh, cart and the fact that he just eats like a lot of like, awful processed <laughs> meat. <laughs> oh yeah, it looks so bad. <laughs> and he eats it for like two months or something. Yeah, like, he's, he's on there for so long. Uh, Every surely, single surely day. that is not adequate nutrition. <laughs> no, it's got like there's a there's a bit where like he's camping out in the churchyard and the priest offers him like some mashed potatoes and like meatballs and yeah. he politely declines because he's already eaten his hot dogs <laughs> that he's been eating every single day oh my god just eat the mashed potatoes come on man <laughs> <laughs> some sort of vegetable matter would do you well yeah mm. that's great i kind of wondering where we can start discussing this because there's like it's pretty simple story obviously mm. as the title says yeah it's also. a great story but it, it really lives from it lives from Richard Farnsworth's performance. Um, it lives from Angelo Badinamente's score, which is yes. oh. one of the his violins on there. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. When when the first like violin bit came, I already like that 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 immediately destroyed me, and it wasn't even like emotional <laughs> from the story. It was just like. The most beautiful fiddle part. It's uh, if if you're somehow listening to this without having seen this movie, do yourself a favor and listen to that because <clears throat> it's it's incredible. It lives from it lives from like just documenting this journey, I guess. Like the the linear filmmaking really does does this movie wonders. I think uh, like the way you like subtly notice how his beard is getting longer and the the like. The seasons change, right? Because it starts in the summer, and uh, like David Lynch said this in the interviews that they started filming in the summer and they wrapped up when like the leaves were getting brown in the autumn. So you can like really just f- feel feel the time passing, but not in a way that it's like pushed onto you, right? Like it's just yeah, it's just really subtle. Yeah, you can really track the scope of the journey. It means you can really sort of appreciate yeah. the, the the size yeah. of the task that this guy is having to get over it's also i think just very you know there's a lot of care and affection for the landscape that he's going through i think and you know the the countryside that he's driving through um which i think really does come through and i think that is you know essential to it like the fields and we're always getting shots of them doing like the harvesting or spraying the fields yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah i think it's it's like an important part of the movie is the, mm. the sort of you know the the land which he's on. I found those sort of sections incredibly zen. I felt in, like yeah. the, the most the most peaceful I could ever feel. And I thought it, it works really nice because you you just have these lovely little vignettes of him meeting all these different characters. Yeah. And then once you're done with one of those, you have like you know a minute of just like completely peaceful, serene landscape for you to just like sit and you know marinate on all this stuff that's just been discussed. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Like it's a it's a really slow movie, but not boring. Like it, mm. it 
it's really like I think like the opening kind of like sets the sets the tempo of the movie and then it like stays that. Um, so, but but if you're in the right mood and you know if you're like. I think if you're like kind of in a hurry and just want to watch something, maybe not the right movie, but like if you're if you're feeling like I guess if if you feel like yeah, I could watch like something that is just nice. Uh this is this is kind of perfect. Like you can really sit in this um yeah, in this vibe of of this landscape. It sort of it sort of meanders. Yeah. yeah. You know, which I think is a good, that's a good thing for a road movie. Yeah. Kind of like Nomadland, how like things just kind of, you know, uh, he passes through all these different areas, like, and uh, not having huge, uh, like, not having huge effects on the plot, Mm. but yeah. he just kind of he gets to each new place and i don't know it's just an opportunity to show a little more of his character mm. yeah. yeah and show him interact with the world he's you know he he's a manic pixie old man um <laughs> <laughs> he really is the like god he is he comes into everyone's lives wow. and gives him some like old man wisdom and like you know yeah gives them mm-hmm. a little a little pet but um yeah i did that, that is- I do, I do think the stick bundle the stick bundle made me laugh because that's literally like a fasciae which is a symbol of fascism which is unrelated but I just thought it was funny <laughs> true it was probably not intentional but I yeah. know <laughs> I was thinking of the the <laughs> the Blair Witch how the, well I was thinking of of uh, a favourite slur that oh, right, yeah. comes yes. from the bundle of yeah. stuff <laughs> yeah a classic Classic British word. Something, something, straight story, something. something. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess, I guess if we're talking about the bundle, we can, like, that's maybe a good way to discuss this movie. Because, cause like, I think most of, like, what this story lives from is, like, all of these little vignettes, all of these, all of these encounters he has mm. um, with, like, random people um, and how it, like, affects everybody right and that that was i think yeah because the first one was like right after the right after the opening part where he like gets ready for this journey um which by the way the opening the the very opening of the movie the like first few minutes was almost like that was the only bit where i felt like oh this 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 is unsettling somehow That was a very unsettling David with a, Lynch shit, right? <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, oh, he's dead. it opens dead. with like a blue velvety vibe, I think, yeah. with the yeah, 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 uh, with the images of this, like it also just gave me like time, a suburban America. Yeah, like, yeah, it gave me like a return vibe, um, a little bit, there. yeah. I did like the lady who was sunbathing at the very beginning. Yeah, who brings out this plate of what looks like. 700 baked goods to eat while she's yeah. sunbathing <laughs> I would like to eat one of those pink things that she was consuming I've got no idea what they were I think that's a snowball which is like a hostess cake uh, with marshmallow and coconut ooh. like pink pink coconut I think I've seen those yeah that sounds very delicious <laughs> they are fine 
it's like you know not great but you know you can eat it and it's got sugar in it no. right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's sugary and and you know if you just need you know you can get all high horse about it but it's like if you need a hostess product like, you, you got it yeah. gotcha gotcha my, my brain will invent a better treat than that could ever be <laughs> i was gonna say I, I really like the way i think it's part of the i don't know if it's what it is, but the actors in his film always look far more like normal people than like yeah. actors. Mm. Like even you know it's you know even even in many films when they're supposed to be playing very normal average people, they still look kind of you know turned out and polished. But everyone in David Lynch movies look mm. like genuine people who are like living. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the old men yeah. in the town are <laughs> yes. very authentically. Midwest. Yeah. Like, like they all look kind of like shit, but like in a realistic way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most people look like shit a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you're old. Like, there's no, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. primped up shit. They just look like people who live in the town. I love the store guy. So funny. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want the grabber. Oh, jeez, oh, Alvin. Jeez, Alvin. That's my good grab. <laughs> <laughs> Got two, but ah, jeez, Alvin. It's like, it'll take me two weeks to get a new one. Ah, oh, Alvin. He has a second. Ah, oh, jeez, ten dollars. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he does. Does he ever use that grabber? Yeah. I don't think we ever see him use the grabber. Do no, we? I don't remember. I think no. he does never... use it to get stuff out the back when he's like on the tractor, right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. That's what I thought. The. It's interesting because this isn't. I feel like the way the movie ends with a lot of. There's a lot of uh, loose ends mm. to it. Like, we never really. Um, we never see Rose again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's that scene where he goes to, like, a gas station bar and just has one beer. Yeah. Like, I guess it's just fine. It's fine. It's he's fine. Like, he's having just one. Fine. I just it's American beer bottles are so tiny. What's with that? it was so small. I was really taken out <laughs> by that. Yeah, and if, I, I was like, this is a bottle of baby. Rightly, it was a, a baby bottle. Yeah, yeah. It was a, a Miller Light as well. So it was a oh light beer as well as being a, as well as being a tiny beer. <laughs> American beer, Jesus. Um. Yeah, I was kind of. I kind of wanted to talk about like all the all the like little road vignettes that he. Uh, comes across like after he left because like that, that that that's the opening bit where he's like you know decides to go on his way then the lawnmower breaks down and he gets the new one and then he like goes on a proper journey um mm. and then i think the first character he meets is this like pregnant woman who uh has been like who's like no my family can't know m- mustn't know about it they they hate me, they won't accept it, and my boyfriend doesn't even know. Um, How old that's was she he... supposed to be? I couldn't really tell. I don't know. I guess I would have said, like, maybe maybe 19, 20? Because well, she said her family don't want to know, so I didn't know if she was supposed to be, like, a teen. Like a... Yeah. But, I don't know. She didn't... I don't know, she didn't seem like a teenager to me, but who knows? Yeah. Might be unrelated reasons why her family hates her. I don't know. Maybe they're like very Christian and she isn't married or something. I don't know. Yeah, but that was like a great moment. Um, 
they make a really nice uh sort of contrast uh between the two yeah, yeah. because she's she's gone because like uh she's running from something where he's running toward he's running toward family mm. and she's running away from All family. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah but there's like very different points in their lives like there's a there's a bit later when um I don't even remember to 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 who he talked about it, but where he talks about how it, it might have been the other the other uh, old guy who also served in the war, uh, where he talks about how how he's uh, he stopped talking to his brother for like I don't know a decade. Yeah. Um. So like he also had like moments where he was wasn't getting along with his family, right? It's just with like being old and having the hindsight, he goes back to trying to make amends, but it's. It's really just, I think it's really just, like, being at different stages in their lives, I guess. It's very funny to have, yeah. like, a relationship-ending fight with your brother, like, in your 60s. I don't... <laughs> 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 I don't know, it's just funny. <laughs> this little thing happens when you're, like, I know. 30. It, I it, might have, it might have been something that's been, like, building up for, like, a long time. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um... It is funny. But he says, yeah, they had, like, no money when they were kids and they used to just, you know, hang out and talk about things and watch the stars. And he just wants to go, like, watch the stars with his brother again. And so there's a lot of shots yeah. of the stars throughout the movie as well. Um, so yeah, that's what it opens this. with and then that's what it ends with. Yeah. Um, which is a classic David Lynch thing. I think he does, he does like, sleeping outside a lot as well. And they said they always used to sleep outside during the summer. Um yeah. So, like, he, he tends to sleep outside. I think he sleeps outside at his house near the beginning as well. Um, and he won't go in the house when he's um, when he's crashed and he's stopped for a bit. You know, he just, he wants to be outside all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. I think the next the next ones he meets are, like, the bikers. Uh, bikers, not, like, in motorcycles with bicycles. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not, like, not like House Angels. Cyclists, yeah. Did we mention yeah, that yeah. his yeah, um, yeah. Did we mention that he shot his first his first <laughs> no, lawn cover with a gun? Destroyed it in spectacular <laughs> fashion. Oh God. What a what a good scene. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just comes walking through the kitchen with a gun and it's like, uh, where are you going, Alvin? <laughs> Where's your dad going <laughs> with that gun? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, should we talk about Rose? Yeah, okay. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's she, Sissy Spacek, uh, um, who we all know, obviously, as yes. Carrie. Carrie. I hadn't seen her in much else, to be honest, so I was sort I of watched, excited I to see her. Um, I watched Badlands last weekend. She was in that. Uh, okay. It was apparently one of, it, it was, I think, her first major role. Uh, so she was, she was like in her 20s in that one. She mm. played a teenager, but. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, which I think even in Carrie, she was like 30 when she filmed Carrie. And was she, she still 30? played a high schooler. I mean, that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't massively, like, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. How, when was that? That was 76. God. According to Letterboxd, uh, she was also set decorator for Phantom of the Paradise. <laughs> okay. Interesting. <laughs> That's just. Okay, so she was, yeah, she was 27 she was 20, when she yeah. Carrie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she does, like, obviously, you know, there's, you know, there's a conversation about, you know, 
actors without disabilities playing act- characters with disabilities yeah. or whatever. But she does. I think she does a really good job, and I find her. I I find her, her uh, character very. You know, she was very sad, but sort of very funny, and I liked yeah. her a lot. Yeah, she was very like. Yeah, she was endearing. It was a sort of relatable, like, uh, spectrum moment of uh, mis misunderstanding yeah. what the the checkout. Oh right, yeah, about, yeah. Like, like having a party. Um, oh, I love pies. The, the hot the sausage. Yeah, what was that sausage? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I think it's disgusting. <laughs> She's like, I also find it disgusting. Um, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. right. That's <laughs> uh, a great sort of awkward checkout moment as well. Like, yeah. It's like confused about what you, who's talking about what. Um, yeah, I, I really like her relationship with her dad. Like yeah. there was when she got like really agitated about how, how stupid he is for going on this trip. Like as she was just like listing all the reasons why he shouldn't do this. <laughs> That's day. really good. <laughs> yeah um yeah and then in the end she's like i gotta go and she's like okay i understand um, yeah which yeah which and then nice. and then the the other great moment with her was when uh when he called her from um yeah from danny's place um that was great i don't have anything else to say about that it's uh you know it's just uh they they, they just have this like really understanding relationship i think mm. mm-hmm. um yeah mm. i think farnsworth has just like a an innate chemistry with everybody in the cast i feel like it's sort of yeah he seems like such an affable guy that it would be impossible mm. for him not to get on with any of the other cast members or i mean characters really yeah. yeah that's what that was the other thing that all the interviews were talking about like everyone was asking uh, asking David Lynch about how wonderful it must have been to work with Richard Farnsworth and how perfect he was for the role, um, and it's true. Like I, yeah, they're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> He's just such a perfectly likable old man. Like, and like as the film goes on, you learn, you know, more and more about him, and you, you know, you feel a really deep sadness for him, and he's he's. <laughs> yeah got one of those faces that you can he can play a man who's just about to cry yeah it's yeah. insanely well yeah he had uh he was partially paralyzed so like all the places where he's you know got the sticks and stuff he does that de- he does genuinely need the sticks and he does mm. like mm. um struggling with walking so i think he just really yeah i think he was he just really wanted to play the character um so took the role which is nice and yeah, I feel like it makes sense that he'd feel like a you know a strong connection. connection to that role. Yeah, yeah. I really liked how the the, the film kept <laughs> kept showing us how much physical effort he was having to put in to make this mm. journey. Yeah, like yeah, every time he'd have to he'd have to get off his lawnmower. You see, you, you see him laboring to try and get off. Like even you know, when his hat just blows off, you know, it's something that any of us you just jump off, pick it up, drop back on. But mm. it's you know, like maybe a. 30, 60 second segment of him, yeah. you know, climbing off. Yeah, that was exactly what That's I was going to mention, the, the head bit. Like mm. it. You really feel Lynch's uh, affinity for the slow <laughs> yes. and yeah, 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 yeah. scenes in those moments. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it, it feels like, uh, I don't know, this movie just feels so extremely earnest. Um, yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. This is yeah. proving my theory about David Lynch having, like, being really <laughs> sentimental correct. So, you know, I knew I was correct, but I am correct. <laughs> oh, it's definitely his most sentimental movie, I think, probably. Even though it's, like, not sentimental in a way that everyone is crying on screen. Oh, it's, like, well, very... It's not really uh, what toned down, means. But, yeah. It's it's very sincere and very emotional. Yes. It plays its emotion very straight. It doesn't like undercut it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it is sincere yeah. is the word that I was very saying sin- on. Yeah, very yeah. sincere in its emotions, and you know, it was like this was picked up by Disney and distributed by Disney, which I think is so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's G-rated. It's the kind of it's the kind of movie I could show my mom. Yeah. To be yeah. honest, yes. like yeah, this yeah, is yeah. wholesome. There's nothing challenging and, uh, in this movie. <laughs> Really? Not really. No. I mean, it's the I don't know how the US um, sort of rating systems work. But yeah. It's the only one of his that's rated a U in the UK, which is for yeah, everybody. Same there's same no American there's no restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's rated yeah. G, which Gen? is like the yeah generally yeah. Mm, yeah. This yeah G and then PG, which is parents general, like attorneys general. Uh-huh. <laughs> the general of, of, of parents. Yeah. <laughs> like you could a version of this film being done as like a hallmark film right where it's like you know sure oh yeah yeah you can see that right yeah <laughs> it, it like labors it's I sort of yeah, yeah. yeah labors its points a lot more because we said i don't know like we said that the dialogue around this movie was a lot about how oh it's a weird movie for david lynch to do but at the same time if like anyone else had done this movie it would have been awful yeah <laughs> pretty much like only he can really well not only he but he has such a talent for capturing like the the magic of a place yeah and if it weren't for those if it weren't for those scenes with the angelo what did i say like that angelo 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 if it yeah, if it had been for like those scenes with the fields and, um, you know, at, he took this story and he really gave it a lot of the genuine heart, or as another director would have just kind of, you can kind of just go through the motions mm. and get a half decent product. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But he's really put the time. Yeah, in. he could just be like, "Here's what happened," and that's emotional. Um, mm-hmm. but not without like, yeah exploring it the way he does yeah i I was watching it i was thinking like oh this is definitely more conventional so this is just sort of more like and i was thinking i was trying to think of another film that was like that was really like this Mm. and i think that the closest i got was something like into the wild which i don't know if any of you have seen about some guy who just ends up going and living in the middle of nowhere but that even still that's not really that still has like more sort of complete arcs of characters that sort of come in and out of the out of the film and these, whereas this yeah. leaves leaves basically everything sort of unresolved yeah yeah the only things i can think of, of is is like richard linklater movies like, yeah um, it's like indie movies sort of you know yeah. like now or maybe not even now but like six or seven years ago where there was a lot of like you know like indie movies where they're like meant to be offbeat but they go on like a trip to somewhere but they tend to be a lot more like they tend to have like a, a, you know they tend to have like more of a, a message or like belabor the point a bit whereas this isn't yeah. really it doesn't really have like a message that it's saying this is you know this is the mm. meaning 
It's saying, yeah, you I know, think... you should see your family, maybe. But yeah, like, yeah. It's not the emotion is the message. It's not saying that outright, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they tend to be like a lot more wacky than this. Like... Yes, yeah, that's yeah. And they they have to <laughs> lean, got me thinking about Garden State. Into, like the irony. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. <laughs> like Garden State and Little Miss Sunshine. God, well, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like Little Miss Sunshine. That's another yeah. one I saw about a guy who like. He's like following a box. He's got like a box with stuff in it or something, and he goes on a trip to like find the owner of the box or whatever. And it, I can't remember. Um, but there's a lot of like that kind of movie. But yeah, I was thinking about the death of dialogue um, in, in modern <laughs> film. Um, okay, listen, I I just I I think there's something that I really like in David Lynch's work. I mean, obviously he didn't write the script for this. No. Um, but I do appreciate that that the the dialogue never feels like quippy. Um, mm. No, and like no. even the jokes aren't like quippy jokes. The jokes are like in the situation or like in a sort of extended thing, and, and in a lot of his in a lot of his work. And I just I'm so sick of like quippy dialogue, which like doesn't make <laughs> any you know it doesn't feel particularly meaningful or real the damage just just Whedon did to the yeah, film industry yeah Whedonification <laughs> of dialogue <laughs> yeah it's the the just Whedon and Aaron Sorkin yes um, uh, yeah. yeah 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 and I guess the Parks and Recreation influence like those three like all like started out at around the same time and they went into like it leaked out into movies and TV mm. uh, and then like I don't know the yeah, but but I I think it's a good point that uh, even even if like it feel or or if it's on paper like his most conventional movie, there's still like not really any other movie like this. Mm. Yeah, I think it still it definitely feels like one of his movies in a lot of places. I think um, there's a lot of shots, well not a lot, but there's a few shots where it will have like a conversation, but we see it from afar, um, and we don't really get like you know, the ADR of their conversation, but we're like, we're quite far away from it, which feels very David Lynch. I was watching it with my friend Lily and she was getting really mad at those scenes and I'm like, why are you getting so mad at this? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like that sort of like distant shot. That's It feels very unusual, um, but sort of interesting. Yeah. There's also a thing that David Lynch does that I maybe I've just not seen enough cinema to pick up pick up an elsewhere but he's <laughs> he's just super content with silence he'll just sit in yeah yeah quiet yeah. quiet for a very long time i feel like a lot of other films feel like they need to spill fill the space much yeah. more often yeah yeah and i i appreciate too again just bringing up the ending but like the um how it doesn't need to show it doesn't need to show like you know did they reconcile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. need to show him coming back. It kind of leaves you to think about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, so glad they didn't elaborate on any reconciliation. I, I, I saw that final scene and just like the looks that they share with each other. Yeah. And it sort of panned up to the sky and I was like, please roll the credits now. Please, please, please roll the credits now. <laughs> that has to be the end. We, yeah. We've done. We've the, That story is finished there. L- Lyle yeah. turns to him and goes... Can't believe you came all this way on that terrible thing. That's very meaningful to me. Thank you. I think from now on we, we are should. truly brothers. <laughs> I think we can set aside our differences yeah. now. We are no longer estranged. Yes. 
Yeah. God, it's such a perfect moment that they both, like, sit down, but still, like, kind of at distance, right? And then yeah. just, like, sit there in the silence. Like, that's, that's such a... And, and it's also kind of, like... It, it, it does, like, remind me of, like, old people I mm. know or I've known. Like, they, they really do have this... Um, not all of them, but like my my grand my grandpa is kind of like this that he will sometimes just like sit there in silence and doesn't really have a need to like keep talking. Mm. Not my grandma. Uh, yeah, my <laughs> my grandpa's kind of like it too. Where like uh, his sense of this is just something I have to do, and it doesn't make any sense. And the movie proves time and time again that like. Hey, actually, yeah, a lawnmower is a pretty terrible <laughs> yeah. form of transportation. Uh, you know. Um, but there's just that, like, drive and that uh, mm. stubbornness in a harsh sense, but, like, just that focus. Um, mm. That reminds me of my grandfather, who we had to tell him to stop using a chainsaw on yeah. a ladder because he kept... <laughs> Kept doing that, that is like, He's like yeah, that is like my grandma. She will stand on the countertop to like plaster wallpaper onto like the cupboards, and it's like, why are you doing that? Um, Old people just love doing. <laughs> they love favorite. it so much. I had to. I once did this project with a museum about. Um, medical equipment and they have this problem with old people who do not want to use their medical equipment kind of like the way he refuses the zimmer frame at the beginning of this movie yeah. and like whereas like you have these like pendant alarms that they wear so if they fall they can like press the button and get help but one of them would just like this old guy just every time he went outside he would just put the pendant alarm like on a coat hook and go work in the garden <laughs> um, <laughs> they couldn't stop him wow. um I do think it's funny that Lyle had the Zimmer frame at the end as well. I don't know why I thought mm. that was kind of funny. That was a, yeah, that's an interesting moment of uh, the difference. Between yeah. Them, I guess, yeah. I guess he did have a stroke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just, that's I spent true. this whole yeah. movie because I didn't look up anything about it beforehand. So mm. I didn't know it was based on a real story or anything. Um, I was convinced. I was convinced that one of them was going to be dead by the end. Like they was going to get there, <laughs> no. and his brother was going to be dead, or like he was going to get there and die before he saw his brother, or see his brother and then die. So it was a good relief that neither of them died. Well, yeah, yeah. I felt. I felt like that was. I felt like that was sort of an inherent bit of tension. I felt like that was like a an, an intended yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Worry like, for you to have throughout it. Like block. this is going to take him forever. Yeah, you, you it's know, taking him a month. His brother's going to be dead. A reasonable possibility. This guy will be dead by the time he gets there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta go see my brother Lyle. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like okay, maybe this is a hot take, okay. but um, <laughs> him, the scene with him, and uh, was it something Reardon? Danny Reardon? Yes, Dan Reardon. Mm. There was a Danny. The, Danny was the, the guy who helped him fix the. Lawn more, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah. The scene where he says goodbye, that that felt very romantic. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. In a, uh, a not straight story. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just wanted it to be there, but like, I like. That was- I don't know, maybe that's David Lynch's direction. I always feel there's some sort of like manly romance between yeah. like, at least two of the characters. You know, it's like it's, like, it's yeah. like a sort of manly respect, where it's like, 
I respect you, sir, but it's like a very intense in a sort of like low-key mm. way. <laughs> yeah. Where I'm like, I don't know. And like maybe. The, and the scene where Danny's talking to his wife, that felt like like he was asking her, but doing it in a very roundabout way. Yeah. <laughs> and so when when he when she told him, Oh, just give him a ride, that felt like because I know how much how badly you yeah. want to just help him. Mm. And then, like, he says something about the kindness of strangers, and I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that was the vibe. This has been Jan's hot take. Very good. It's a good take. Yeah. Denny is kind of kissed. a... Denny is, is a very well-played character, I thought. Like, because... Mm. Yeah. He felt very real in a way that you don't get often with movie characters like he was he just had this way of talking or like just like Mm -hmm. it's hard to describe but you know what i mean like yeah he also has the benefit of being yeah yeah yeah. he has the benefit of being the one we spend the most time with of all Mm. the all yeah, the that's other people. true. Yeah, we really get to explore him and his family, so we get to see him in all sort of different facets of this guy's life. Yeah, yeah he had that down to earth. I guess what I'm trying to say is that he he had this this like vibe where he was like not not really showing a lot of emotions, but like just mm. because that's the kind of person he is. But like he still cares. He's just like he, he he's just like it, it didn't feel like the actor didn't act out the emotions enough. It just really felt like he's playing a character who is very downplayed in his emotions. Mm. That's, that's so much harder to play. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, really liked, like, really liked that, this character, but in a way that he wasn't like an instantly likable character, right? Like he wasn't... No. Oh, no, yeah, that, yeah, that's a point. Yeah, yeah. No, he's not like super charismatic yeah, yeah. or anything. He's just very he's genuine guy, and yeah. kind of nuanced. I loved seeing all those guys watching the firemen like practice on that house in the lawn chairs. Though I thought that was a great yeah, scene. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, all uh-huh. the all, all these little vignettes, like all these characters he meets, are so it it feels so it feels really lived in. Like, and even if they just show up for one scene for a few minutes, it feels like all of these characters like have have a rich story behind them. Like they all mm. like, it it. It never feels like they're just just a plot purpose, right? Or just a plot device. It always feels like, yes, these are real people who he came across and uh, he was part of their lives for like this one moment. But yeah. other than that, they, they will go back to live their normal lives and have their... Like, they never just feel like extras or they never feel like... A lot like Twin Peaks. Mm. Yeah. Where even the the background characters. I think David Lynch has a great talent for uh, building character around an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, from his casting style of just talking to them and, and sort of mm. finding the character in them. Yeah. I think that's a that's a big part in, in having these um, really alive and, and um, yeah. memorable characters. Yeah, but I feel like it's almost even better in that regard than Twin Peaks because it's less soapy though isn't mm-hmm. it so it's, it's less soapy like yeah it's less heightened realism. Uh, and and also the fact that this is just like just one movie right like this is the entire yeah spectrum we see this or the entire scope of of how much we see these characters uh, and they still feel like 
Because in Twin Peaks, you, you, you will see all the side characters again and again, right? Uh, and, and, and in this one, by, by just seeing them in one scene and they still feel so, so lived in, like that's kind of an amazing feat to pull off. Hmm. That's true. That's true. Just that little impression and you get, yeah. you get so much uh, depth. Like compare it, to a, compare it to a compare it to a much worse movie, <laughs> like in in Forrest Gump, right? You never feel <laughs> that way, where like because that's also like he's just going through he's just going through all these vignettes, uh, and yeah. through all these. And every time he turns to the camera and goes, "Isn't that funny, though?" Right? <laughs> Isn't that kind of quirky? Isn't it funny that that happened to me? Damn. Like that that scene where he's like running and everyone Damn. keeps joining in, uh, and compare that to to in this one where like he sees all the cyclists and then just like joins up with them and they they're really happy to have him here. Like entirely different, uh, different approach to like humanizing these uh, these <clears throat> people. Like in in something like Forrest Gump, they're really just like there to make Forrest Gump seem even cooler. <laughs> Or I would say Forrest Gump <laughs> isn't really about like realism, though, is it? In the That's way this true. is. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just about... trying to think of like other like road trippy movies, and I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in in, in none in the of hangover. them yeah. does it feel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's this sense that it's because there's also not too much weight to any of it, right? Like it's all like very minor occurrence. It's very um, yeah, uh, which. Part, part of that is, like, the fact that it's real, right? Yeah, yeah. In real life, often, you know, you might meet someone and it might have, like, an effect, you know, she might go back to her family or whatever, but it's not going to, like, it's probably not going to change their life forever, right? Yeah. This might really be just the strength of Mary Sweeney's screenplay, too, right? Yeah. Like, mm. that mm. that she and her writing partner, like, actually went and talked to these people and actually tried to, like, put portray the story like in an as real way as possible whereas like in 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 different hands it would have just been like a ton of made-up stories right like they they just would have taken the inspiration that oh this happens now i can do this to like put all these wacky things in it do you ever think it's wild that like mary sweeney's first like head of editing credit was fucking blue velvet that's so wild (laughs) I think for me, a lot of the weight, too, comes from Alvin's, again, stubbornness and his particularity of yeah. it. That, like, no, he can't just drive there. No, he can't, you know, take anything but a lawnmower. Yeah. Like, the fa- like the fact that his lawnmower craps out and his first thought I is just, okay, lawnmower. just get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Not... <laughs> You know anything else? Yeah, I thought that... he was gonna get like a tractor, and he was, but then obviously you can't drive a tractor either. But I don't know. Yeah, right. It's so wild. That's just so fascinating. The sort of the determination, and seems almost arbitrary, but like, or I guess if it were a different performance, it could have felt arbitrary or stubborn. Mm-hmm. But here yeah. it just feels very like inspired, and yeah, I think that's what Richard Farnsworth really. Um, really nails that like what's the word i don't know it's just really definite right like every time because there's like several scenes where like one character will approach him and try to convince not to do this or to do something else yeah uh 
And the way he replies, there's no room for argument. Like, yeah, he's like, okay. yeah, they don't yeah, even yeah. try. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's stuff like him paying. You know, he uses the phone and he won't go inside. Yeah. Uh, he uses the phone. He's like, you got to have a phone without a cord so I can do it outside. And then he gives them money for like the phone uh, afterwards. Like he leaves them some money. Um, That's right. I forgot about that scene. That was interesting. It's like, just let them. Just let them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, just let people do stuff for you. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, all people. I, his his brother's house is such a piece of shit as well. That's just another note that I had, which was that damn. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very like. He had a stroke. Yeah. America. America. <laughs> America. Yeah. It really is like the. Cause, cause that like America bad thing isn't like a huge. It's not like openly discussed in the movie. It's not like everyone keeps talking mm. about how oh the healthcare system is letting me down. Uh, but but it's always there in the background, and it's like played. It's played in contrast to like all these people who are like mm. fully earned. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Supportive. Like there's a great scene. Uh, I think. I think it's yeah, it's when his lawnmower breaks down and almost die where he almost dies, where it like becomes really fast and then Yeah. Really scary scene. Um and it's it's there where like all the people like gather together and they're like, Oh, how for how long have you been on the way? Uh and then he says, Oh, it's coming from Iowa and then everyone's acting shocked. Uh how long have you been on the way? Oh, five weeks. Mm-hmm. And then they're asking him about how well aren't you aren't you afraid? To, like just sleep outside there's there's all sorts of people out there yeah there's like there's weirdos these days <laughs> and he's like no it's fine it's fine i fought in the in world war Two. i'm not afraid of random people at night mm. uh, but that's that that really sums up how like these how he just has like utter confidence in like all humanity basically uh, and, and all the people he meets and it it works out for him yeah and it's sort of i don't know it feels sort of like highlighting the sort of i don't know like middle class sort of suburban fear yeah. of just like you know scary people and he's like i mean for the most part there i mean there might be scary people but they're probably not going to just be like wandering the fields at night looking yeah. to like do bad you know yeah, and, and and like there 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 are like some people who he comes across who are like oh they're weird but it's it's always done in a very like humanizing way. Yeah, I love that vicar. He was very I don't know. That's a very funny mm-hmm. scene where he's just like in the cemetery and the vicar comes out. <laughs> very very spooky. Um, yeah, he's like he chose a good spot. This is a Halloween yeah. movie. It takes place in October. Yeah. Oh, is this a 9-11 movie? Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, God, it sure is. Uh, I can't believe the real Evans trade that didn't live to see 9-11. I don't know. <laughs> I know. He, he, tried, <laughs> he tried to do this two more times. <laughs> yeah. Um... I was going to say it really threw me for six when I read that Richard Farnsworth died like a year after yeah. making it. Yeah. After after having been invested in this character for yeah, just like the, yeah. the whole film. 
and then immediately learning that he had not long left on the earth. Yeah. yeah, I was like feeling good, and then I read the the Wikipedia, and then I felt sad. I know, I know, but it's at the same time. It's like what it's. That's what makes it so sad is that it kind of is what the movie is about. Like it's about mm. how once he arrives at Lyle's place, there's he's done the last thing he's going to do in his life. Mm. He's completed it. Like that's that's a scary thought, right? Like yeah, like. I don't know, I always have this, like, feeling of uh, satisfaction and then, like, imminent sadness once I complete, like, a big project. Yeah, I mean... Imagine too. that being, like, the last project in your life. Like, that's... Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, damn, no one's retweeting this. <laughs> yeah. God, I would hate if my last my last tweet got no retweet. <laughs> my last tweet got no retweet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Complaining to St. Peter. Like, ugh. <laughs> People that just hate good content these days. <laughs> um, it fucked me up when he said to that one cyclist, he asked him what's the worst part about getting old. Oh, yeah. And he says mm. the worst part about getting old is remembering when you were young. That yeah. I had to sit with that for a minute. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Damn. I don't want to be old. Uh, <laughs> I know. Watch this. I'm like, being old seems terrible. I'm afraid of that. <laughs> yeah. Great flick. Yeah, and there's um, yeah, there's a bit where you know he sits and he talks about the war with his with one of the um, the old guys. Yeah, and um, that's you know because that's that's quite an extended scene, but it is very sad. Yeah, it is. And he he talks about like accidentally sniping someone with friendly fire, and it's like <laughs> really upsetting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Being a sniper, that's like wild. Um. Yeah, I thought that was being... that was um that shone quite a, a sad light on the fact that his eyesight had gotten so yeah, bad. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. A sniper is obviously well. someone who you know you're a sharpshooter. Your sight is the the, the best tool you've got. Mm. Yeah, is, is that irony? I don't know what that is. <laughs> In I mean, it's I, probably... it, it was it was just such a great moment of solidarity, also like between these two people who have never met before. Yeah, um, but they. On account of being in this, being the same age, um, they obviously were drafted in the same war. Um, I like too how that scene is all very like tight in on their conversation, and then yeah. the mm. last shot is them from the back. So mm. you kind of see you get an outside perspective of like just two old guys at the bar bonding. I thought that was really nice yeah. to. Um, Give it some space, literally. It's so good. Like the filmmaking is so good in this movie, in in like showing, or in like, yeah, in in showing like this understanding between characters, sometimes just like completely wordlessly, um, mm. or like just just through their looks, uh, and and Evan kind of like reaches this, reaches some sort of common ground or some some sort of like base level understanding with like basically everyone he meets um and it's always yeah. done so well what a great movie i'm really glad, <laughs> glad i watched this uh, yeah it was another hit i think because isn't the next one mulholland drive yeah. Right? yeah that's so wild i think so that you know i know he gets mad because people are like this is an unusual film for you, but going from this and then doing Mulholland Drive is kind of mad, right? <laughs> it, it is nice to squeeze this between Lost Highway and Mulholland yeah, Drive. Yeah, like, it's so funny. 
Uh, yeah, that's gonna be great. Um, he got because yeah. he got like a lot of um, you know, he got like critical acclaim for this movie. Yeah, which must be nice because I think Lost Highway wasn't like particularly well received. No, um, or at least not very enthusiastically. So this is yeah. It's very. It's funny because it's also very American in a very different way to the way Lost Highway felt very American. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the, but it's also the LA thing. I think like his yeah. very yeah. True, David Lynch, true. like honestly, like everyone who lived in Los Angeles is like very pessimistic <laughs> about Los Angeles. Um, There's no like ambiguous mob in the Midwest here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's very unusual. <laughs> Where's the weird underground scary people? The, the, the nebulous organized crime. Someone, yeah. like, out to... someone picks up the phone, <laughs> says something sinister and puts it down and we never hear about it. Again. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So like, yeah. I, I guess I guess as like Europeans, uh, not with Jan's exception, yeah. uh, the, the, I, I feel like we always feel like when a movie is about LA is that it's about America or it's about how America is bad. It's really just like one part of it. <laughs> well, no, because as, as you've said before, anything that's not set in LA or New York is an indie. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he just, he just seems to feel much more affectionate towards this, like yeah. rural Americanas, Midwestern. Um, it's also one of his yeah, Americana yeah. then like, I'm yeah. trying to remember. Are there any other movies of his that are about like old people? I guess The Return, but like not on purpose. But like, yeah, I think I I think he has like old people characters, but like mostly in but, like protagonists, but not like about them, right? Yeah, yeah. that does set it no. apart. Let's pro- That's not very They're common. Mostly in film. What are his protagonists? They're no, usually, like, usually he has younger protagonists. So. Yeah, sad men or sad women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, no, I think you're right. No, I was just gonna say about like him uh, or this being and and okay, two things. <laughs> First thing is, I think it's interesting how it was like really positively or like critically really well received. Uh, and still, like when I watch this now, I'm like, damn, this movie is underrated. <laughs> Yeah, like, <laughs> that's not talked about very much. It's not talked about very much. It feels like I uh, yeah, I'd literally not heard of it. It feels like despite the initial acclaim, um, it's not really remembered that much. Uh, like his his more like recognizably Lynchian stuff is mm. more in the conversation, and it's a shame because because th- this is a really good one. Like more people need to see this. And the other thing I was thinking about is how he how he how it's like been thinking after this that he, he he just really nailed this so much that makes sense that the next movie he makes is completely different <laughs> like you can't repeat this uh, yeah i guess I it's just it's proof to, that right? he's yeah proof that he's just a good filmmaker he's not yeah. a good like weird art filmmaker he's just a good filmmaker i think that in like the return again because there are so many old people in the return i always find when i watch the return i think a lot of it is about sort of aging um, yeah, yeah, and being like at the back end of something, like not with all the characters and all the plot lines, obviously, but with like quite a lot of the characters and stuff where it's like Albert and you know talking yeah. to people it it feels 
I don't know, I guess part of the circumstances of the filming, the return feels very much about, like, death and, like, dying. Um, but, like, from age and just sort yeah. of wearing down. Yeah. How um, the the ravages of time. Yeah. Sometimes. And, like, Harry, <laughs> yeah. you know, Harry Dean Stanton, when he's, like, in other films with David Lynch, I think there's, like, a lot of similar affection for him. Yeah. It's really... I, I really can't imagine anyone else playing Lyle in this movie, even if it's if he's only in it for like I, one minute. I kind of thought he was gonna be before I realized he was Lyle because like I don't know when I looked up the movie, I saw you know mm-hmm. Harry Dean Stanton in the first yeah. page of the cast list. I was like, oh okay, cool. I wonder who he'll be. So I was kind of waiting like, oh, is he gonna be some cool like person that he meets <laughs> along the way? And then he showed up at the end. I was like, oh, okay, there he is. Great. Now we'll get a scene with him. Oh, that's the end (laughs) of the film. Um, Yeah. Still love it. I wouldn't want it to go any other way, but it's (laughs) it's just funny. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I was, I was watching it with Lily and every time like a Lynch actor who we knew came on, we both cheered. Um, (laughs) So when Big Ed appeared, we we both cheered. And then when it was Harry Dean Stanton, we both cheered. Um, Of course. This is very funny. Yeah. Just love to see him. Love his, like, yeah. you know, his actors, his pals. God, also, I just realized now uh, that the only reason why Jack Nance wasn't in this one is that he died after. Yeah, Jack yeah. Nance so would have been in this. After Lost Highway. Would have made it great. Like, Lost Highway oh, yeah. was his last acting role, which Wild. I didn't realize. Yeah. This movie made me realize how much I wanted... Uh, David Lynch to work with Jim Varney, the guy who played Ernest. <laughs> I think they would have made a great pair. Yeah. And David Lynch can really pull out incredible performances out of anyone. Yeah. So. I think it would have been great. I think maybe there's actors that he would struggle with because they just like wouldn't get him, maybe. Probably, I just, yeah. I just feel like the ones he works with, they do have part of them which sort of do understand him kind of i mean i don't know about like billy ray cyrus i don't know but maybe maybe he can do it with anyone um like you know like nicholas cage is already kind of a freak so it's sort of you know it makes sense um uh, i don't know i feel like he'd only not be able to work with like really imagining like a jennifer aniston yeah like Leo Di- I think even that would work. Leo DiCaprio. I think Jennifer Maybe. Aniston DiCaprio. now would work with David Lynch. Well, I think- like Tom Cruise. Could you imagine a Tom Cruise David Lynch film? Uh, that would be tough. I think no. I think Tom Cruise just has too much of an ego. Yeah. I don't think he yeah. could work with him. I think Jennifer Aniston he could work with because she's not like in in her prime anymore. Yeah. Um. I think that's kind of like the only the only actor he couldn't actors he couldn't work with would be like people who are just like really famous uh, or like yeah like people who don't want to like like he couldn't work with chris pratt <laughs> oh my god can you imagine uh. <laughs> well, he doesn't That's want such like, a horrible thought he doesn't like he doesn't need the big muscly men in the films yeah. you know it doesn't no. seem right um no cuz everyone like looks normal yeah um, exactly they don't look like you know I mean, obviously, the the women will always be incredibly attractive. That's true. In, in, not in this <laughs> one, really, but like in in his LA ones. But I guess that's most trying to reflect LA. Yeah. Um, but also in Twin Peaks. Um, uh, no, the women are always really pretty much incredibly attractive. 
He just likes hot brunettes, understandably. And then become who then become blonde and maybe different. Yeah, he likes people. to like swap. He understands. Uh, David Lynch is like the only person who truly understands the dichotomy of the blonde, the blonde and the brunette. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you change your hair color, you're a different person. Look, it happens all the time. <laughs> God, he really does do that so much. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like basic symbolism. I'm, I'm contemplating that now. Yeah, because, you know, there's Laura and Maddie. There's, yeah. uh, uh, what's her name? Renee in Lost Highway. It's um, the, wo- the, woman at, the woman in Mulholland Drive. Uh, Laura Dern uh, and uh, Isabella Rossellini in Blue Velvet. Oh, I was um, thinking about one woman having two different hair colors. Oh, I see. So, you know, because um, Maddie and Laura, like, it's the same actress, but she's yeah, got yeah, different hair true. colors. and. <clears throat> You know, um, in Mulholland Drive, she wears the blonde wig and it's like, you know, she's a different person and like, yeah, they're two different people in Lost Highway. That's so wild. That's such an interesting motif. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, wow. No, because he often also has like... There's doubles and stuff, I guess. Has like just like two women with like oppo- opposing hair colors. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Laura and Donna, that's like the classic blonde friend and brunette friend. But like, yeah. you know, the blonde friend's going to be the popular one and the brunette friend will be like kind of resentful. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, society. Someone's got to be the Caroline Calloway. Someone has to be the Natalie. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about the straight story? Mm. Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, no. Yeah, I think I'm all, I'm all talked out. Yeah. I was just reminded of how like also like how often it happens unfortunately that actors last roles is in a david lynch thing and that gets like they either die immediately after or like it gets released posthumously like there were so many in the return yeah yeah like Kennedy mm. Stanton and uh, the, who played albert, albert. Uh, was it the guy who played doc hayward as well yeah i think so yeah it was like a bunch of them. I mean, there was Log Lady as well, but she's very obviously dying in that. Yeah. But yeah, there's so many of them did die like pretty quick. Um, Which is sad. And I, yeah, I'm, if, you know, I'm sad for Richard Farnsworth, but it's also like he, he did go out with like a role that was amazing. Yeah, he really got to go out with like a a, a chance to really show off his chops as an actor. Yeah. yeah, and he was like way past the age that you would even need to to do an acting job, right? Like right. he re- clearly really wanted to do it. Well, yeah, so he because he respected Elvin Strait so much and like oh, yeah. wanted to do it. Well, and, and I feel like it's so rare that people that age get like a a protagonist role, the leading role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yes, yeah. Can I just say it's insane that his wife had fourteen children? <laughs> <laughs> Seven of them died. Like that's, that's upsetting. Yeah, mm. man. The past. Okay. Bullshit. <laughs> it's I insane. Know. Okay. Um, I think we we will wrap it up. Yeah, I think that's um, right. Next week. Next week. Next month. Next month. Next month we'll next be month. dipping our toes into a little bit of LA noir drama mm. with Mulholland mm. Drive about a really normal woman who decides yeah. to become an actress. No, that um, is an LGBT classic. Yes. That is, yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> Damn. Um should have done that one this month. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, well. that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun. Naomi Watts in her best role until Book of Henry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, very a lot of two thousands late nineties fashion in that film. Very mm. enjoyable. Uh, the hair, the sunglasses. Why was that a thing? Yeah. Okay, a great Spanish lesson. Fantastic. Yes, there's a cowboy. Ah, oh, great movie. Okay, yeah. should we do um, a quick round of plugs? Because I don't think we've done that in a while. Yeah, sure. Plugs. Who wants to go first? Uh, I make music. You can listen to it if you if you. If you can, um, if you're listening to <laughs> if you have the ability to listen to music, <laughs> if you're listening to this, you can probably listening to my music too. Um, that's uh, just look up Pure Mothman either on Spotify or Bandcamp or uh, SoundCloud. You can hear the Heart Spell theme under your Heart Spell. Oh yeah, um, so good. Thank you. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, and. Twitter at Gender Toads, where you'll find out about stuff that I do. Yeah. Nice. Uh, speaking of Heart Spell, you should also listen to that. Um, <laughs> Immortal Incantations Heart Spell on. I'm not sure. I don't know if we've plugged that on this podcast. Uh, I don't know. There's so much time between recordings. I know. I feel like we never plug anything on this. I think yeah, we plugged it in, in our first I feel like no one, no one listens to this who doesn't already like <laughs> listen to our other stuff. Maybe. Like, I never know yeah. if anyone is organically finding this. <laughs> I wonder, if you found Lynchpin organically, please let us know. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't heard of any of our other stuff, check, check out Hotspur, check out Who Watches the Watch, uh, check out The Song of Babies and Puppies. Chaz is also on all of them. Yeah, I'm around. Um, and that's pretty much all my stuff as well. Follow me on Twitter at Hellmomet, H-E-L-M-O-M-M-E-T-E. Yes, I know. Um, <laughs> I do stuff. I make things. It's it's fun. You've got a song um, out now. I'm going to song out. Mm. Um, it, yeah, it's fine. I got an album <laughs> coming out soon that, you know, maybe it will be good. I don't know. That it's sounds em- pretty it's em- cool. It's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> Uh, whatever. Yeah, that's under Ghostly. I like that's my I liked band the, name. I liked the song. I heard the song. I think it's. I think it's good. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Like that means a lot coming from you because you know stuff about music and what's good music. Eh. Unlike my other friends <laughs> who know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> She's been only talking to me about it, and I know nothing about music at all. So that's not true. I'm sorry. I was just being mean. No, thank you for listening to it. Um, I like it whenever anyone listens to my music, and then I'm also terrified by it. But um. Yeah, that's pretty much everything. <laughs> you can find Alec just around. Yeah, just walk around. You'll probably find me somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I'll haunting, say hi. Haunting you. He's always behind you, but when you turn around, he's not there. Um, until, until next time. <laughs> this is Lynchpin. Um, and we'll see you next time. And until then... Um, oh, keep it straight. Uh, Keep it straight. Yeah, keep it straight. Keep it straight. Be bright. Keep it straight. Okay. Bye. Bye.